We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, regular guest on the show, Joe Maycar. Joe, we are talking about a Nets win over the Bulls, 115-107. How are we doing, Joe? We're doing well in typical Nets fashion. This game started off with a nice, comfortable lead, and it got close towards the end. It wouldn't be a Nets game if you're not clawing your, uh, <laughs> clawing your way back into the game and praying that it doesn't go in overtime. But got the win, got the job done. I thought the ball movement was great today and yeah. just the overall gritty win and look to carry the momentum forward. Like you said, what's a Nets game without stress? You know, they don't they don't really exist. You know, we saw the Nets start off to a good start in this one, a nice 10 point lead, and they pretty much maintained it. Felt like Steve Nash was trying to get Katie some rest in that fourth quarter. Maybe waited a minute or two too long. But at the end of the day, Nets got the W. But before we jump into it. As always, you can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. But I guess, Joe, let's start with some of the bad news. We saw Kyrie Irving leave this game after taking a mean elbow to the face by Nikola Vucevic. Did not return. Nets said he had a facial contusion. Reaction to this and your thoughts when you saw Kyrie down? Because it looked pretty serious. Yeah, my first thought, especially Kyrie wasn't moving afterwards. It's not like he was like he was hiding his face within his shirt. He couldn't yeah. move. He was like... At one point, you see him hit the ground in, like, disappointment and, like, pain. Um, my original thought was, oh, boy, we're finally about to get completely healthy, and here we go again. Someone goes down or someone's going to miss time. Facial contusion, though, at the end of the day, it's nothing too severe, or it shouldn't be too severe, hopefully. You'll probably see him in a mask in the future, in the near future, similar to what we saw Bruce Brown in tonight. And with if you saw Bruce Brown's production tonight, if you know of the legend of Mask Kyrie, um, the, the rest of the NBA should be a little scared, but you pray for the best for Kyrie. Hope this team could finally get healthy. Hopefully he doesn't miss more than a couple games and he's good to go by the playoffs. Yeah. The nice thing is they do have that brief period of rest before the postseason starts, even though he misses the rest of the regular season. But like you said, this is a guy that has worn a mask before and he was playing really well tonight. I just thought he had a great vibe to the game. You know, 13 points, you know, four or 10 isn't amazing, but three or five from deep two or two from the free throw line, three rebounds, five assists, zero turnovers. I felt like he really made an effort to get his teammates involved. Him and Kevin Durant kind of set the tone with passing the ball early in this game. Yeah, definitely. And for Kyrie in that first quarter, it was almost like he was playing 2K on yeah. like rookie difficulty at one point. Like this man just comes down, scores 13 quick points where we know that would be the end of his scoring night. 
but very efficient, very confident, perfect arc on a lot of these shots. The floater looked gorgeous. Um, and that being said, his facilitating too. We found he had a nice, easy bounce pass in the first quarter. Kevin Durant got involved, uh, got a lot of the role players involved. Joe Harris had a great night. Bruce Brown had a great night. Nicholas Claxton had a great night on both ends. And, you know, credit to Kyrie before he went down. Credit to Kevin Durant. And credit to the role players for stepping up and saying, you know, this is a next man up mentality. Yeah, I mean, 32 assists tonight, and that's what you love to see. And that was kind of some of the complaints we heard during you know, the Bucks loss, the Mavs loss, the Blazers loss. It got stagnant. And, you know, Kyrie and Katie weren't necessarily making their teammates better. But tonight we saw them, you know, really buy into that and be like, hey, we're going to set these guys up early and get their confidence going. Because moving to Kevin Durant, he had eight assists tonight, 21 points, nine of 13 from the field, one of two from three, two of three from the free throw line, four rebounds, one steal, three blocks. I thought Kevin Durant pretty much played almost a perfect game tonight. You know, he could have been maybe more aggressive than Nets needed him to be, but he reacted to the double team and set his teammates up and initiated the offense. So really, really good game from Kevin Durant and just a matured basketball player, you know, in comparison to what we saw early in his career on OKC and to where he's at now, just very relaxed and in control. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to actually jump off that point you made. Kevin Durant, this is a different Kevin Durant than the Durant we saw in OKC in the sense yep. that, the Durant we saw in OKC, while he wasn't really a ball hog, he kind of didn't have that same idea of, okay, I'm going to get others involved. The Durant in OKC was sort of like, okay, I'm going to get mine, and we're, hopefully we're going to win this game. This Durant is more composed. He seems better on the defensive end. And just the playmaking ability of Durant really seemed to step up. We see when he gets double teamed now, he kind of knows what to do. He's not kind of panicking. Uh, leads to open opportunities for the role players. And for the role players... These are guys you got to get going. You know, when yep. they're knocking down their shots, their confidence is sky high because these role players might only get three to five shots a game. And if you're missing, you know, three or four of them, it's easy to get kind of down on yourself. But credit to Durant, even during the sideline play, uh, when Mike James had that nice crossover and when Bruce Brown was crashing the boards and Claxton was getting these defensive stops, you saw Kevin Durant jump out of his seat. He's the guy who's happy for his teammates. And, you know, he just sets the whole tempo that way. Yeah, I agree. He set the tempo from the start. And I thought defensively, this is one of his better games of the season in terms of rim protection. Just a lot of activity on that end. Great rotations, very engaged into the game. You know, had an impact in kind of slowing down Zach Levine on a couple possessions. Same thing on Vucevic. I think you've seen Kevin Durant kind of get into playoff mode. And like you said, in terms of the double team stuff, just very composed. And it's almost like easy offense for the Nets at this point, long as guys are hitting shots. So Kevin Durant looked very, very comfortable. The best player on the floor clearly tonight and did only play 31 minutes. Do you think there is a possibility we see him in tomorrow's back to back? I would certainly hope so. I mean, and it's not just because I'll be at Barclays tomorrow <laughs> and, you know, I kind of want to get the price of admission. <laughs> but um, it's the San Antonio Spurs. We saw what they did the other day. They're not really a contending team, but at the same time, it's not a team you could take lightly. We yeah. just saw they dropped 146 points on Milwaukee the other night. Was it a weird outlier? Who knows? But I think they sent a message. This is a team that's capable with competing with anyone, at least on a game-to-game -game basis. Come playoff time, maybe not. Yeah. But if Harden might come back, who knows? If Kevin Durant, if they decide, okay, we kept his minutes down a little bit, then why not get him into a rhythm? The playoffs are coming soon. I know you want to keep these guys healthy, but you always want to establish some type of rhythm, some type of flow, some type of consistency, in which case, okay, at least we've ramped him up now. He's missed all this time, but he's kind of got his legs underneath him. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really interesting in the aspect of we'll see how much the Nets care about the two seed. 
You know what I mean? Let's hypothetically say Kyrie's going to be out, which seems like a likely scenario, just given how serious that elbow was to the face. There is a chance James Harden would come back. He'd probably play 20 minutes. I'm sure you're not probably trying to max him out. So the idea of playing Kevin Durant to get the win is a possibility, but there's also the chance of, hey, we don't want to risk it. We don't care if we're two or three, like we've talked about this entire time. So definitely kind of give us a little bit more in terms of that front on the nets. But moving away from Kevin Durant, you mentioned Nick Claxton. Claxton was everywhere tonight. Another great game from him. 10 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, one assist. Uh, Three of those boards were offensive. So just Claxton really just had his impact on this game, rolling to the rim, blocking shots, switching on Zach Levine, shutting down Nikola Vucevic. Claxton showcased his ability to be the Nets' most impactful defender tonight, especially the combination of him and Kevin Durant on the floor with all that length. Yeah, definitely. And we see the versatility of Claxton, basically able to guard any position one to five in the court. Uh, when he Nikola can guard Vucevic, an all-star guard and an all-star center. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. And one day guards will realize that, hey, when Nicholas Claxton is switched on to me, that is not a mismatch. Yep. In fact, I should be more scared that this big man is on me compared to most perimeter defenders in the NBA. But Nick Claxton, just a brilliant game. We saw a lot of these games when Harden was playing with him, when Harden would kind of set him up for easy pick and rolls. And honestly, when Harden comes back, I expect a little bit of the offense to kind of get going for Nick Claxton. Uh, needs to improve his free throws. I find yep. he's definitely struggling at the line, but it's nothing too much to worry about, I'd guess. Uh, just great impact from Nicholas Claxton on both ends of the floor. Really had Vucevic in trouble today. I think, don't quote me on this, I think he shot 3 of 14 when guarded by Claxton or at one point. So just had a hard time getting into a rhythm. And Vucevic, as we know, this is a guy who kills the Nets every single time in and time out. His career high game is against the Nets. Um, he yeah. averages 20 and 10 against the Nets on like 50% shooting. So <laughs> in 30 career games. So it's incredible. And like you said, Claxton did an excellent job on him. And as you mentioned, I thought he was a little bit more involved with the offense with Kyrie getting him a few, Kevin Durant getting him a few, just trying to get him involved and make him feel, you know, part of the, the team in terms of that side of the ball. And I think that kind of turns his engagement up. And I've talked about this before. My, one of my favorite things about him is the way he attacks the boards. He goes up and gets the rebound. Like, he snatches that out of the air. And a lot of times you see guys kind of sitting back and letting it drop to them, a la DeAndre Jordan or someone of that aspect. So having Claxton out there and just providing that spark on the boards can be the difference in a game. You know, obviously tonight the Nets won by a couple buckets. But on a two-point game, a four-point game, like we saw against the Bucks and against the Mavs, having more clacks in minutes can be the difference because he's helping you secure that final board and getting you on the offensive end. And when you have an offense like the Nets, that's all you need to do. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, you watch Claxton grab these rebounds. He's not just rebounding the basketball. He is ripping these rebounds down yep. two hands, one hand. It doesn't matter. Just a ferocious, tenacious rebounder. And, you know, his hustle, his heart, his defensive instincts – these really aren't things you could teach. These are kind of the intangibles that teams love to see, especially from someone his age. And, you know, the sky's the limit for the kid. A hundred percent. I think it's going to be something fun to watch across the next couple seasons is what is Nick Claxton develop into? Because we're already seeing the defensive side of the ball and where he can be. I mean, I don't think a defensive player of the year candidate in the future is out of the realm of possibilities, just given his athletic gifts, his length and what he showcased in his second season, in the NBA and playing probably something close to 50 games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Games, but let's talk about the max man tonight. Bruce Brown kicked the game off with a lot of energy. 15 points in the first half, did finish with 15, 10 rebounds, three assists. Just brought that toughness tonight and that grittiness. And he was not scared to get hit in the nose after suffering a fracture in practice. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Bruce, you are tough as nails. Let me say that. Might have not scored in the second half, but even with that just first half production, that was a tremendous game from Bruce Brown. Yep. Comes in instantly after getting a facial contusion and just wreaks havoc in all the smallest ways possible. Sometimes it doesn't always translate to the box score, which we see a lot with Bruce Brown. But his on-ball defense, his ability to crash the boards, even on offense, his ability to roll on the short pick and roll and just shoot that little floater or nowhere to be when Durant is getting double teamed or whatever. Bruce Brown is just a professional and a guy that the Nets team loves to have around. 100%. I think his cutting really stuck out in the first half. The Bulls elected to put Nikola Vucevic on him, and he just was kind of finding gaps and hitting those layups and using the room to protect him. You just love it. Like, this is the guy that you love to have on your team, and the way he compliments, you know, Kevin Durant, and like you mentioned, and some of the ways that they're going to be double teamed, having a guy that can find the gaps is important. There's obviously going to be situations where he struggles because he doesn't necessarily have a great three-point shot, but was one of two tonight, and you're seeing the confidence kind of improving there. So, Always fun to have some Bruce Brown minutes, even when it's with a mask. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Now, I want to I ask you a question real quick. With James Harden coming back soon, likely in the next few games, who do you believe will be the biggest beneficiary of his playmaking abilities? You think it'll be who's going to take that biggest leap forward now that they're playing with Joe Harris, or sorry, now that they're playing with James Harden again? Will it be Joe Harris, Nicholas Claxton, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, someone I didn't mention. Who do you think is going to take that leap forward? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to help everybody kind of take a leap forward just because he's that kind of player. But it'd be hard to argue against Joe Harris and Nick Claxton. You know, there's two guys that need kind of shots generated for them. We saw Joe Harris struggle a little bit in the fourth quarter where he had to create for himself. He's getting more open looks. He's getting more space with James Harden on the floor. And like you mentioned with Nick Claxton, just that above-the-rim threat. And obviously, James Harden is the best passer on this team by a large margin. You know, you, maybe you can make an argument for DeAndre Jordan, but it doesn't seem like the Nets are very interested in playing DeAndre unless it's matchup-specific. But what about you, Joe? Yeah, I was definitely going to say Joe Harris. And if you notice in those February games when James Harden was on the floor, and keep in mind, this is without Kevin Durant. This was with Kyrie, with James Harden. Joe Harris was having games, if you remember the Lakers game in L.A., he was having games where he did like five, six threes on very good shooting, on like five of seven or six of nine shooting from deep. Uh, right now, he's kind of getting drawn off the three-point line because teams know how to game plan against him. But once you have that added aspect on offense where, okay, we need to worry about James Harden driving to the rim or stepping back for three or facilitating for someone else, that's where Joe is going to get open look after open look. And I know 
broken record at this point, but the numbers don't lie. Joe Harris plays significantly better with James Harden by his side. Yeah, 100% agree. I also think from a pressure perspective, uh, it helps Joe Harris a lot. He doesn't have to be the third best player in this team. He can go back and being that fourth best player, kind of that role player type of guy that's complimentary. Like I said, in the fourth quarter, you saw some of those struggles tonight from Joe. Had a couple turnovers, a couple four shots, but still overall a solid game. And you saw some of that aggressiveness in the first half, you know, especially that four point play on Kobe White. Like that's something, those are the shots that he probably wasn't taking against the Bucks, even though they're pressuring him. They're the type of shots he has to be comfortable with because that's what he's going to see in the postseason. But talking about his numbers tonight, 17 points, 7 to 16 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. You know, overall, I think it was a pretty good game from Joe. The only thing that stuck out in a negative way was the, that fourth quarter stretch. But again, some of that's not necessarily on him, just given who's on the floor. You're going to expect him maybe to have to try to do a little bit more when that's really not his game. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, context is very important in that sense. And if Joe Harris is being trusted as, okay, for this brief stretch, even if it's just three minutes, you're going to be the number one option. He might be forced into a couple bad shots. He might be forced to, okay, I'm the one who has to kind of take it to the hole at this point and try to facilitate something. We saw this wild reverse layup attempt where we know he's capable of hitting it, but I looked at it and said, Kyrie, is that you? Yeah. Like at one point, um, we just know what Joe can do. He can finish around the rim, but tonight, I really thought his bread and butter was that mid-range game. He yeah. seemed very comfortable. Usually we say it once, maybe twice a game, and it seems like, I don't know the exact number, but it seems like four or five times tonight, we saw Joe kind of get to that mid-range spot and just shoot a little sweet jump shot from right there, maybe from 15, 16 feet away. Yeah, he looks strong in there. His shot's a little bit different. He raises up pretty well, and he feels very comfortable, I think, attacking smaller guards. You know, talk, talking about Kobe White, that was a guy that he just feels like he can muscle. He has that little size advantage where he might not have, you know, the quickness and the speed, but he can use his strength to kind of overpower a guy like that. So something to keep an eye on with some of those Joe Harris matchups. Moving on to Blake Griffin. Had a couple dunks tonight, kind of turned back the clock. I thought he played some good de defense on, on Nikola Vucevic as well. 13 points, four rebounds, four assists, five eight from the field, two of four from three. Blake continues to provide for this team. Yeah, definitely. Blake Griffin has really been everything you could ask for with this Nets team and more. He's everything yeah. we wanted. Um, he's playing with consistency. I think I saw before the game, so this is before tonight's stats. He's shooting in just about 40% from three since he signed with the Nets. Um, that's incredible, especially yeah. we know where Blake Griffin was when he entered the league. This was a guy who was like an athleticism buff. Like literally all people knew him for was, hey, this is an athletic freak. He's going to dunk the basketball six, seven times a game and make Sports Center top 10. And you look at his development, especially over the years with the Pistons and late with the Clippers, uh, just his ability to take charges now, his ability to defend in small spurts, his ability to stretch the floor. That's probably the biggest one, his ball handling. Um, I don't think I've seen a player evolve like Blake Griffin in a long time. And for the Nets, this is perfect timing to peak for Blake Griffin. Yeah, I think also the experience in the basketball IQ. And it's honestly just kind of curious to think about like, where Blake would be if he didn't suffer those knee injuries. Now having all these skills to his game with the athleticism that he once had, obviously they're still a little bit there in the tank, but he's really fitting in nicely. And I was just watching, you know, the pick and roll between him and Kevin Durant. Imagine telling somebody like three years ago, you know, you'd have KD and Blake Griffin on the same team. You would think, you know, it would be nuts. But obviously Blake isn't the same guy he once was, but still is playing a big role in this Nets team, played 24 minutes tonight. Do you think we see him in the back-to-back -to -back tomorrow? Blake Griffin, I'm probably going to say no. I'd say if I had a guess, especially no offense to the Spurs, but they don't really have a dominating big man. Yeah. Man. 
I think their centers are who? Jakob Pertl and... They play a small, a decent amount too. And they'll yeah, play they some young guys, small. yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Nets go small, put Jeff Green at center. More likely we see DeAndre at center, I'd say, along with Nicholas Claxton. Um, Blake, because of those knee issues, they like to rest them on the second night of a back-to-back. We see this as a guy who takes charges, takes hits, goes sliding like that slip-and-slide play we saw earlier. Just a guy who's hustling all the time, and we kind of understand why at this point, his age, his injury history, why the Nets are taking it cautious with Blake. I don't think we see him tomorrow, but hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know with that situation. But moving on to another guy who's kind of been hit or miss in his you know, short Nets tenure has been Mike James. You know, He had those hot and cold moments tonight, 11 points, 1 of 7 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover. You know, Occasionally you'll see a play from him and be like, wow, that was a great play, You know, high basketball IQ, making the right move. And then other times you'll see him just kind of force a shot or have a terrible pass or something like that. So it's kind of been a hot and cold mix with Mike James and – this is probably a case tonight, but I would give him more of a positive nod because he stepped up in the absence of Kyrie Irving and giving the Nets that you know ball handler and that point guard. Yeah, definitely. I'd say overall, Mike James's production tonight was a, definitely a positive. But at the same time, one thing that really needs to improve from him, and <laughs> it's really no secret to anybody who's watching the games, but his shot attempts, Yeah, you need to take better shots. The shot IQ has to be a little better. Um, especially, especially when Kevin Durant's on the floor, there's no, you have yes. no business taking a contested shot or a hard, difficult shot. If Katie's out there, even if Landry Sham and Joe Harris are out there and Blake Griffin, like to be honest, Mike James, you're the last guy on the list. You're on a 10 day contract. You're fighting for your NBA career. Exactly. And you know, I know it's just the make or miss thing. And if he was making the shots, we're going to be like, Oh, Mike James is amazing. But at the same time, like I said, you can get that shot anytime. Yep. Try to facilitate a play. And I know he had like nine assists or eight assists tonight whatever it was, but get the high quality shot. Only go for that if like, hey, the shot clock is expiring and I have to throw up a prayer. Yep. But besides that, that ankle breaker that made Bleacher Report in ESPN, this is a guy on our 10-day contract, amazing. His playmaking is great. We saw him set up Nick Claxton a couple times, set up Jeff Green, a couple posters. Um, besides that, rebounded well tonight. Uh, quick on defense, I'd say he does get blown past by sometimes because of his size but at the same time this is a guy who if you watch him pressure full court he is often keeping up with his man more often than not so overall I like the production of Mike James yeah I think he shows energy and effort defensively sometimes it's just some of the basketball IQ and just maybe not understanding the scheme or just being undersized at different points but uh moving on to Jeff Green you know a solid game from him had a couple cold moments an air ball or two but 14 points five of 12 from the field two of seven from three two of two from the free throw line eight rebounds one assist one block not really much to say in Jeff Green just another solid performance from him yeah definitely solid performance nothing spectacular not a bad performance by any means from Jeff Green there's a certain level of consistency we expect at this point from him, knowing what he brings to the table. And that's exactly what he delivers, uh, if we're being honest. Yep. Just a casual game from Jeff Green. You could typically expect between maybe eight on a bad night or 15, 16 on a good night from Jeff. And I thought he provided tonight. Yep, exactly. And that's all you really need him to do. Obviously, provided some nice versatility against a team like Chicago, who does play multiple bigs. You know, you'll see Vucevic, you'll see Thad Young. You'll see, you know, Patrick Williams. You'll see Laurie Market in one team that does play a little bit bigger than some of the other teams out there. But 
Moving on to a guy who has not been consistent over the last few weeks. He's in a little bit of a shooting slump, and that continued tonight. Landry Shamit, one point, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. Did have a couple nice defensive plays, but Shamit kind of continues to struggle offensively. And I know you've been a big supporter of him, but Joe, are you a little bit concerned about this slump entering the postseason? I'll be concerned if it happens during the playoffs. I don't want to prematurely like overreact, but at the same time, like this is the time you kind of need to start yeah. hitting your shots. Like this is when it really counts more, to be honest, and not necessarily these last three games. But hey, come game one of the playoffs, if you're shooting 0 of five in the game and your team loses by one, two, three points, when people look at the box score, they're gonna look back and say, you know, if he had made one or two of those shots, even they won that game. So for Shamit, I know he said in the pregame uh, interview, he said, I'm not really concerned. Like, it's not a life or death thing. I'm going to get start hitting my shots. From a shooter who tends to be a little streaky, I love the confidence at the same time. You see he's not afraid to shoot it, which a lot of players will get timid once they get open looks. And at the same time, I do like how he's just driving to the rim and not afraid to get a foul call. Yeah, I think that if I'm Landry Shamit, personally, what I'd be doing is trying to get to the free throw line a little bit more, especially over the course of these next three games. If I can just see the ball go through the hoop, even get some layups in there, run in transition. Obviously, you know, three-point shot is a touch-off. That happens with shooters. Even Joe Harris isn't in a a hot shooting stretch right now. I wouldn't necessarily call it a slump. It's kind of somewhere closer to maybe below average for Joe. But Shamit, you just want to see those buckets kind of go down because then it becomes a point of like, all right, how much more is Sham providing me than, you know, Bruce Brown, if that's something we're talking about in the postseason in different minutes in those situations. So definitely important for you to maintain your confidence, but also the team needs some type of reduction from you, especially because the open shots are there. It's not like we're talking about a lot of difficult looks. It's looks provided by Kevin Durant because he's getting double teamed or whatnot, and you're kind of open in the corner. Yeah, definitely. And with shooters, not just Shamit, but a lot of times, I think once you start missing a few, I know I'm I'm actually guilty of this myself. When you start missing a few, you start to get in your head a little bit. You start to overthink. Like you'll have. Well, then you're like, oh, that's a little short. That's a little long. Next thing you know, you're airballing. (laughs) Exactly. Like you start to think about it. Like I don't know. If I start shooting, I'm a shooter. If I miss, if I'm 0 of three, and I'm like, okay, like this isn't good. I'll get an open look the next time around, and what do I do? I overthink it. I'm like, okay, don't shoot it too far. Don't shoot it. Like just follow your natural routine. Shoot with confidence, hold the follow through, and you'll be okay. With Shemit, I mean, I think he'll figure it out, but hopefully it comes at a good time. Yeah, and sometimes you see that with younger players. You know, like a guy like Kevin Durant's going to have more mental toughness just given what he's done in this league, the production he's had, and the reps that he's put in. So, But, Joe, any other thoughts on this game in terms of what we saw from the Nets tonight? Um, that's pretty much it. I thought they did a great job at containing the Bulls. Everybody besides Zach Levine pretty much had a average to below average game. Uh, besides that, like I said, carry the momentum forward, and you really pray and hope that this team could get healthy. Now is when it really matters. We're entering the playoffs. It's going to be one of the better playoffs in years, I'd have to say, between the playing games, the big names that are there, and just the potential matchups we have on paper, at least right now, look very enticing. Like even a lot of these like one eight two seven matchups have storylines and backstories you want to follow. So with that, good luck to the Nets. Thanks for listening, fans. And anything you want to add, Nick? Yeah, I just say hopefully the Nets kind of continue this momentum we saw at the end of that second half of Denver, that fourth quarter, and getting off to these good starts because it gives you the cushion to make mistakes instead of having to come back where you do not have that cushion. So, again, just developing those playoff habits. And like you said, Joe, 
I mean, I'd love to see Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant suit up for one more game before the postseason. Not sure if that's going to happen anymore, but we'll see what happens. As always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.